Hey guys, thank you for joining me today. I hope everyone is doing well. Know that you are blessed and highly favored by God. He loves and adores you so much that he sent his only son to the cross for you and me. Hold your head high knowing that the God of all creation loves you and wants to bless your life. As always, I pray this message will be a blessing to you and encourage you in your faith. Also, if you ever feel led to contribute to or support this podcast ministry in any way, you can do so through the link in the podcast description. With that said, let's jump into today's message, which is titled, Who Do You Think You're Talking To? Have you ever overstepped your boundaries, maybe got a little too comfortable with someone who is technically over you, and crossed a line that you probably should not have crossed, only to realize, maybe I should not have said that? which usually comes right after that someone puts you in your place and reminds you who they are and how things work around here. I've had employees that I allowed to get too comfortable and thought it was okay to cross that line and say what they wanted to say. In turn, I had to remind them who was in charge and who signed the paychecks. And if they liked their job, they would do well to remember where that line is at. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and say this. And... One day, my youngest child is going to hear these messages and think, Dad, I sure did give you a lot of material to use in your messages. But I want her to know that I love her dearly, more than she will ever understand. But y'all, this kid is a hot mess. But she loves Jesus. And like Pastor Bill Purvis always says, I would rather my kid get into heaven than Harvard. Anyways, this kid crosses lines like she is playing tic-tac-toe. One day, she was outside playing at this little playground in front of our apartment, and there was a mother out there with her little boy, and apparently the little boy was acting up, and my daughter, without missing a beat, looks at the mom and says, I don't know how you put up with him. Y'all, this mom was a complete stranger to us, but that didn't stop my kid. I'm telling you, I love teaching, and this kid just feeds me teaching opportunities one after the other. Another time, my wife and I were picking at each other, and my wife said some things that might have sounded harsh if you didn't understand the context of our conversation or dialogue. And without fail, my little one immediately thinks she needs to stick up for her good old dad and proceeds to tell her mother that she can't talk to her dad that way. As cute as that may sound, she found out real fast that there is a line and she better learn not to cross it. My wife quickly reminded her what the roles were in the family, and she better tread softly, if you know what I mean. But, hey, if you know my little one, you already know, that kid doesn't know what it means to tread softly. As a parent, it is my job to make sure my kids understand lines and boundaries. You can't talk to everyone the same way. When it comes to people in positions of authority over you, such as parents, teachers, bosses, supervisors, etc., overstepping your boundaries can have devastating consequences. Have you ever overstepped some of those boundaries only to get checked and brought down a peg or two? If you have, you can definitely relate to Peter and the passage, passage I'm going to share today. Matthew 16, 21 through 23 says, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. 
Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely the human concerns. Ouch! I mean, this passage is loaded with deeper content. So let's get to the obvious. Let's get the obvious, should I say, out of the way. Jesus is the teacher and Peter is the student. This type of behavior would have been very much foreign to the disciples and generally to the people of that day. It was not the type of student-teacher relationship that would have existed in that culture. And it should shock you that Peter would say such a thing. You did not presume to know more than the teacher, and you definitely did not proceed to rebuke or reprimand your master. I mean, this has disrespect and pride written all over it. You know Jesus had to be thinking, what did you just say? Or who do you think you're talking to? But maybe that's just the human side of me that would probably say that. But I mean, I can't imagine what went through his mind at that time. But Peter clearly forgot his place and who he was talking to. I mean, Matthew had just finished documenting Peter stating that Jesus was the Christ, the son of the living God. Now he's telling the Son of God what he isn't or is going to do. The Greek word used in this passage referring to Peter rebuking Jesus is epitomao. And maybe I didn't say that correctly, but the point is it means or implies rebuke or reprimand or reprove. In other words, Peter was scolding the Creator, God in the flesh, the one who knew Peter before he was even born. That is tough to wrap your mind around, isn't it? The fact that is that Peter, along with the others, could not comprehend or even begin to understand what the Messiah would allow him, why the Messiah would allow himself to be killed by the Jewish leaders. In their minds, especially Peter's, this just could not happen. Peter was not going to stand by and let his master be killed. You can see the switch in Peter's thinking to go from Jesus, you are the Christ, to telling Jesus he was not going to let him go down that path. That's bold, y'all. Peter was bold, but from a human perspective, he had good intentions, which was to protect his master. But like I said in the previous message, no matter how noble the intentions, if they contradict God's word, they are misguided. Jesus was literally the embodiment of God's word, the living word of God. And now Peter was in direct contradiction of God's word. And that was not where he wanted to be. And Jesus put him in his place with a scathing rebuke, telling him, get behind me, Satan, followed by you are a stumbling block to me. Peter thought he was going, he was doing the right thing, but Jesus told him to get out of his way. You know, Satan, the word Satan comes from the Hebrew hasatan, which means adversary. And the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines adversary as one who contends with, opposes, or resists. That is exactly what Peter was doing, and Jesus called a spade a spade. Peter was opposing and resisting the will of God because he could not let go of his own idea of what the Messiah was, was supposed to do. Jesus wasn't calling Peter the actual Satan, but 
was correlating the fact that Peter was doing exactly what Satan would do, which is stand in opposition to the mission of Jesus. The devil tried to be a stumbling block to Jesus on several occasions, but nothing could stop the will of God, and Jesus set his face like a flint toward the cross. Nothing would stop him, not even one of his favorite disciples, not even the one he promised to build his church on. People are sometimes quick to judge Peter, but Jesus said to love your neighbor as yourself. But we say, not that neighbor, God, not them. Can we pick someone else? I don't like them. We don't get along. Do you know what they did? Let's move on to someone else. God might say, go tell so-and-so about me and what Jesus did for them. And we say, I can't talk to them, Lord. They won't listen to me. That would be awkward and uncomfortable. That might cause problems with our relationship. Matthew 5.44 says, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. But we say, God, I'm not praying for them. You know what they did to me or tried to do to me? God, they hate me. Why should I pray for them? They deserve to suffer. But in this, we ourselves stand in opposition to the will of God. We are like Peter in the fact that we sometimes resist God's plan. Then we get frustrated when we ask God for something, but we don't like the way he goes about it. We talk out of both sides of our mouth. We profess our love for Jesus on one side and curse his creation on the other side. DC Talk has a song that came out in the 90s called What If I Stumble? And the first verse hits like a ton of bricks and holds true to this day. It says, What I'm trying to say better than I can say it myself. Listen to these words. The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Jesus gave the church a mission to spread the good news, to take care of those in need, and point them to the Savior. To be that city on a hill, a lighthouse, a place of refuge and hope. Yet we give them judgment and condemnation. We shame them for the things they have done, forgetting all the things Jesus redeemed us from. Jesus tells Peter, You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Peter was thinking about his own concerns, no one was going to take the Messiah away from him. He could protect Jesus. How would that look if he let someone kill his master, the Messiah? What kind of disciple would he be? Peter was not looking at it from a God perspective, but from a human one. Some would say from a prideful or selfish one. How many times have we been a stumbling block because we couldn't see things from a God perspective? We allow our concerns or limitations to block us from seeing God's plan. Peter allowed his concerns to block him from seeing God's plan. And God's plan was to take Jesus to the cross. Without it, man could never be reconciled to God. Salvation of mankind literally hung in the balance, but Peter could not see it. Despite all this, Jesus loved Peter. And though he rebuked him, and though his rebuke was out of love, and his correction may have stung a little bit, a week later, God would speak directly to Peter, 
James, and John, after witnessing the transfiguration of Jesus, telling them this is his son, and they are to listen to him, Jesus understood Peter's humanity and was patient with him, teaching and correcting him so that one day he could put that boldness and passion to good use for the faith. In the same way, Jesus understands our humanity and the many flaws that comes with it. And like Peter, he is patient, forgiving, and offers correction out of love so that he can shape us into his image. We are a work in progress like Peter, and the more he teaches us and corrects us, the more he fashions us to be a reflection of him. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for what you did on the cross. God, I pray that you would help us see things from your perspective. I pray that we would be concerned with your will, Lord, and not ours. Thank you, God, for your unending mercy and grace, for your forgiveness that knows no end. Your word promises that you'll be faithful to complete the work you started in us. Help us to not stand in opposition to your will or be a stumbling block to others. Use us, Lord, to share the good news with others. Bless your people, God, that others might see us and know there is a God in heaven who loves them and gave his son for them and longs to have a relationship with them. And for all those believers out there struggling and hanging on to their faith, I pray for peace and victory in their life. Let them be reminded of who they are, a child of the Most High God, and they are blessed and highly favored. Amen.